0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor and privilege to welcome back to the Mott's Microphone, the maven of movies, the emperor of entertainment, our specialist in sports ball, the classic crooner, the king of the condiments, the champion of the chips, the cochlear curator of the cockroach, the one, the only, Stephen Robles! (sighs)
1: This is a unique MOTS episode because there has not been an episode yet where Nate Baranowski is not on the show. But we have another Baranowski, Jacob Baranowski.
0: Hey there, folks.
1: (laughs) How's it going? I'm excited because you have talked up X-Men stuff for Mm. a long time.
0: Yeah, and I I have been absolutely thrilled by you guys have done six X-Men films in the past, like th- three episodes or something.
1: We crammed six X-Men's, yes, X-Men's, X-Women's, which we X-women-s. might get to, uh, in two episodes. But yeah, I mean, I love all the X-Men's too. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. Even the not-so-good ones, I like those too. Yeah. So yeah, big yeah. fan.
0: I was even more surprised and, and honored that I would get to be on this episode because I was pretty sure that like, oh, well, they're, they're probably not gonna review this one since they've been doing so many X-Men films that they're going to be taking a break to go back to some kind of monster movie or <laughs> some other nonsense that you guys watch. Hey, no, wait a minute. I,
1: <laughs> I am tempted to see uh, the new Godzilla movie, but uh, I don't think I can convince uh, Nate to see it. Yeah. But anyway, the, this one I think is kind of significant because if for the, the non-film nerds out there, uh, 20th Century Fox the movie production house, has owned the rights for X-Men. So 20th Century Fox has made all the X-Men movies, including Dark Phoenix, which is the last one in their purview. And now, because Marvel is owned by Disney, and Disney has managed the last several Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, it is thought that the next iteration of x-men whenever that is will be a disney property and will live in the marvel cinematic universe along with avengers and all that kind of stuff so this is kind of the end of an era for Mm. x-men movies
0: and what a what a way to end steven what a way to finish so like a like a blazing torch of (laughs) crap
1: Oh, really? Oh, okay. We're already going there. Well let's let's jump in it because I want to hit Sorry, sorry. For if you haven't gathered it yet, we're doing Dark Phoenix is the movie we're reviewing today. It's the final X-Men in this portion of the saga. Well, as Nate and I have been doing episodes recently, we do the Rotten Tomatoes up at the top. And I found this Rotten Tomatoes one of the largest spreads I think I have seen. Mm. It is a it is a twenty-three percent critic score.
0: Low, low critic score.
1: But sixty-four percent audience yeah. satisfaction. Yeah. Big split.
0: Yeah. I actually the only thing that I knew going into this film was the twenty-three percent critic score. So mm-hmm. there was some some sense of that, you know what, this is probably not gonna be the best thing that I've ever watched. Right. But I was I was I was shocked by the difference.
1: I was too and I typically don't read the critic reviews before I see the movie, but upon my inertia scrolling. I accidentally read one before seeing the movie. Mm-hmm. This was Adam Graham from the Detroit News. He, This is what he says of the movie. He says, the final battle of Dark Phoenix takes place aboard a moving train that feels like it's headed nowhere. <laughs> At this point, it's a perfect metaphor for the X-Men series. Mm-hmm. Which, I said, okay. Fair. <laughs> okay, And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that last scene, but... Yep. Dark Phoenix centers around the Jean Grey character and specifically her battle with her inner Dark Phoenix evil side, so to speak, this powerful evil side, which we saw in X-Men The Last Stand. You know, you see Jean Grey destroying everything and everybody. Mm -hmm. Before we get any deeper into the plot or anything, I would like to know your thoughts because you have said... In text and other places that Jean Grey is your spirit animal, yes. so sort to of speak.
0: Yes, she is. I don't want to, I mean, this does kind of spoil the whole top five later on. But mm-hmm. Jean mm-hmm. Grey is my favorite X-Men and has been for many, many years. Because I, I can think about like, we used to play with the X-Men action figures and we would play with them in our sandbox. And mm-hmm. Jean Gray <laughs> was always my number one. Okay. I've loved her for a long time.
1: <laughs> Did you have like a comic book background of her, or just was uh, it no you Jean no, Ray? so
0: I, yeah, I would say that like my X-Men passion is real and is intense. Um, it <laughs> really only goes as far as um, films and some TV shows i have like since since being an adult, I have read. Quite a bit on like Wikipedia, if that counts as like sure, sure uh, background knowledge. But no, I haven't, I haven't, I have never actually like physically held a comic.
1: I'm kind of there with you. I saw a lot of cartoons, I had a lot of action figures, and I loved the world of X Men. Mm-hmm. I like knowing the backstories. <laughs> I've read the Wikipedias, yes. but yeah, yeah, I, I didn't have comic books. So, so I would like your opinion on both Gene Grays. First, how did you? Like the original Jean Grey from the Hugh Jackman era, X-Men's Famke Janssen is sure. her actress name. What did you think of her as Jean Grey?
0: Sure. I had no idea what her actual name was. And even after you just said it, I'm not sure that I could say it again. <laughs> That's fine. We know who... We, everyone knows who yep, we're talking yep. about. Yeah. Correct. I couldn't even pronounce your name. I've all been I, I, said, I said Framke before you came out here. I heard it. I, somebody told me it was Framke. I, I, no, no, no. Definitely not, Fomke, definitely no. not Framke. Definitely not Framke. 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 Framke Jansen. And you're from Amsterdam. Yes. I always really liked her in that role. I think that what, what kind of got messed up a little bit is that X-Men... The Last Stand, which is supposed to be kind of like her, like her big coming out movie, and like she's, right. you know,
1: she's the center yeah, point of that. She film. is.
0: She is. That like that film isn't isn't great and gets a like a really bad rap by lots of folks. And so like, I definitely prefer her over uh, Sophie Turner, who is the mm-hmm.
1: the new Jean Grey.
0: I just think, yeah, I think that she plays that role better. It just feels. A little bit more real and a little bit less like whiny, angsty teenager Jean Grey, <laughs> as this one does.
1: Yeah, I, f- I agree. I feel like the original Jean Grey—you could see her um, self-consciousness and unsureness mm-hmm. of herself. Yeah. I think legitimately, and and you feel that. And with Sophie Turner, she is says the words that <laughs> she like doesn't know what to do with her powers, and she's afraid because she can't control it. But I don't know. You tell me what you think, but I don't. I didn't believe her face a lot of the time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like in her defense, like some of the words that she's told to say are pretty poorly written. And so like even yeah, I would say that it's probably half like I don't think that she's a really convincing actor, not not super winsome, um but also some of her lines were just really really bad. Um what what kind of took me by surprise a little bit in this one is that you guys reviewed Apocalypse, right? That was Yeah, um, so very briefly. For, yeah, and so like <laughs> I I am with you with all of the issues of that movie, but I also felt like was it just me or did she act better in that one than she did in this in this one? Or or was it just that she didn't have as big of a role and so it didn't you didn't notice it? I think it was much
1: more the latter. I think in Apocalypse she was a very minor character okay. until the very last moments. Sure where the only acting she had to do was probably in front of a green screen with motion capture stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. It was just her amazing power, you know, destroying Apocalypse or whatever. Yeah. So I, I feel like there wasn't a lot of pressure for her to do much, but this one, like, it's all her yeah. pretty much, True. and uh, James <laughs> McAvoy. And I know she's a Game of Thrones actress, okay. and so I'm, I'm sure she does great there. Didn't know that. Yeah, but I also feel like overall even Jennifer Lawrence in this movie, which I love Jennifer Lawrence in a lot of pretty much everything. She's a great actress. I feel like maybe it was the writing, but she didn't feel yeah. strong in this movie either. You're right. There's like that conversation with her and Professor X. You should change the name to X-Women. Yeah. And like, that's fine. Like, that's those are fine lines, but I didn't think she was delivering them super believably. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little phoned in, I think. Yeah. The women are always saving the men around here. You might want to think about changing the name to X-Women.
0: To kind of talk about that conversation that she has with um professor x in this in this film we are supposed to get the idea that he as a leader has kind of sold out and that he is sort of now more in it for like some of the fame and the Mm -hmm. glory and the connections with like the president and all the politicians and all that but i didn't like i didn't really get the sense that he was like that that was real. I didn't really like feel like you're like meant to feel that he's kind of like stopped caring for his team and he's like sending them on like risky things that they shouldn't be going on. Like I don't know. I didn't actually get the sense that like he had kind of like that he had turned his back on his children as we're meant to feel, I think.
1: Yeah. So speaking of Professor X, he had this whole intro scene with child Jean Grey. And we get this scene of her parents in the front seat of the car, and she's in the back seat. Mm-hmm. As a kid, they're arguing over the radio station, and she does something to her mom. They get into a car accident, and her mom dies. And mm. you know, we, we have all this like deep-rooted child stuff going on. And there's these couple scenes where James McAvoy is trying to be the surrogate dad and saying all these deep things like, there's nothing to fix because you're not broken. Mm-hmm. And like all these, these tropey yep. lines. And yep. I feel like even James McAvoy, who does a great job in a lot of these X-Men movies also felt kind of, <laughs> eh, I don't know, like not feeling it so yep. much. It must've been a writing thing. And this, this would have been maybe one of the things that Nate pulled out from the ether about the trivia and writing and something. But it, <laughs> I think it, I think you could just tell like something happened with the writing yeah. that uh, it kind of made a fall.
0: Yep. So, as i was i was watching it like so i wasn't actually taking notes during the movie but there were just so many lines that i thought like oh i should write that down but then there came to be so many of them of like just really awful awful lines (laughs) i thought like we we could spend this entire episode of like playing clips of these just really bad lines
1: your homeland will be gone everything you care about
0: yeah, there was some weird
1: things introduced, like, once, well, you know, that whole energy source gets, like, sucked into her in space or whatever, and Beast is, like, examining her, and they have something called a power level, mm. <laughs> and he's like, her power level's off the charts, so I said... "Yeah." Uh-uh. <laughs> A little bit of a midichlorian <laughs> yeah, right? step. Like, that didn't, right. yeah, I don't, that, never in the X-Men universe have I heard about a power level. Yep. I did, you know, I, I take that back. I do remember in The Last Stand, which maybe not be the best movie to appeal to, but there was a a mutant that could tell the class of other mutants, Yeah, and they would say, like, Magneto is a class five or something, and... Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe there's something to that. But it felt cheesy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Also could could we talk about the whole Phoenix Force thing for a moment? <laughs> yes. Because that brings up a problem, a big <laughs> big problem for me. So in this <laughs> in this film, we are introduced to this they they the team is sent into outer space to rescue some astronauts. The ship runs into this like giant energy cloud nebula, angry looking thing. Um and so they they're able to save the crew and they are, they get the crew back onto their ship but they realize that the captain is over there still doing something and so then they send over Jean to hold their space shuttle together
1: mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. they can
0: save the captain and while she's doing that this giant cloud of ickiness mm-hmm. runs into her her chest and like this is like meant to be Sort of the origin story of her like being kind of possessed by this like phoenix cosmic force. Right. However, mm-hmm. it's almost as though the creators of this movie forgot that we just watch X-Men Apocalypse, which ends with her taking on Apocalypse and the Phoenix Force like emanating out of her. Like that's the big final fight scene As you see these giant like Right, flaming wings thing coming out of her as she's as she's being told by Professor X to like let it go, like let it out, like unleash your power, blah 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 blah.
1: Let go, Jean. Uh,
0: all is revealed. And so that's that's a I take issue with, with this because supposedly this movie is telling us how she acquired this like Phoenixy super mutant powerness. Right. But we just saw that no no, this is actually she's always had this. Like this was in the last movie. This is this is the reason why they're able to defeat Apocalypse, is because she lets out this like crazy power force.
1: Yeah, and it was unclear because sometimes there's dialogue that implies it's because she's powerful that she was able to withstand yeah, sucking yeah, in yeah. this power. And then later, yes. but, but later in the final fight scene where she tells like the bad lady alien, <laughs> which I'm gonna talk about that in a second. Yeah, please. Like if you want all this power, take it as like this implication that it will destroy her. Mm-hmm. And that's how it maybe destroys her. So maybe she expels it all at that point. <laughs> sure. Either way, unclear Understand. and problematic. Mm-hmm. And also I feel like it's, You know, they've connected the series up until this point. The original trilogy, even through Days of Future Past and Apocalypse. Like, all these movies are connected. You know, even in Days of Future Past, all the characters are in the movie together. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this movie breaks some of the things between those movies. Like, spoiler alert, uh, Mystique is killed in this movie. That doesn't make any sense in this universe of, of movies. Like, Mystique is alive later. And so I I don't quite understand that. And again, like how Professor X, Patrick Stewart version, talks about Jean Grey, that he created these walls in her mind to block the phoenix from coming out. So to your point, talks about that this is a power she already had and Professor X helped her control it Mm -hmm. by creating these walls. And it just makes a lot of sense to me. Also, I don't understand how Jean Grey can breathe in space without a helmet. Well, like, obviously. She didn't need a helmet in space.
0: The Phoenix Force is yeah. an air purifier, <laughs> oxygen creator filter. <laughs> Duh, Steven.
1: Yeah, okay. And also, this is the Neil deGrasse Tyson in me. Uh, all yes. the explosions in space should have been qu- silent. Mm-hmm. Silent. Yeah. But no, we hear every every nightcrawler burst, <laughs> every <laughs> little flame of fire. We hear everything. And I think, no, it should be quiet because mm-hmm. sound waves don't travel in space. Mm-hmm. But anyway. I'm sure that doesn't bother most people.
0: But. Since you since you brought up Mystique's death. I know that does I know mm-hmm. that that we are kind of jumping around a bit. But just mm-hmm. like thinking of that moment when when that happens, they go to confront Jean, she gets all upset and she accidentally <laughs> kills Mystique. Did right During that scene, did you feel anything?
1: No, yeah. no. And this, this this was one of the lines Same. I took the time to write Ooh. in the theater because Mystique is like trying to talk Jean Grey down mm-hmm. off the rage that she's in. And I feel like Mystique, Raven, Monroe, whatever, she's like, no, stop. No, stop. And I was like, really? Look at me. Focus on my voice. I'm not giving up on you, Jean. This is not the actress that I know. Yeah. Who can do way better than this? Like it, it, it was strange. It was really strange.
0: I got the sense, like, because it felt so phoned in. I felt like she wanted to die. <laughs> she was basically just, <laughs> just, just yeah. begging, like, please kill me. <laughs> please just end this suffering. Maybe
1: that, and it really felt like they were trying to recreate that house scene from The Last Stand, mm-hmm. where Professor X and Magneto uh, encounter Jean Grey in that house, yeah. and that's where Jean Grey. Blows Professor X to bits. Which
0: is an excellent scene. It's an excellent scene that I still
1: think is a great thing. Yeah. And this felt so close to them trying to replicate it and then yep. doing it poorly. I was like, oh, man, yep. like just man, like don't, don't do that. In the trailer, there's this lady, this blonde haired lady that the trailer presumes to be the bad guy of the movie. And I was curious when this was going to come up in the Mm -hmm. movie. And so somewhere in it, I forget when, but there's this dinner scene and we see the lady. I said, oh, okay, bad lady. Yep. She goes out in the woods because her dog's barking. And then aliens walk out of the forest. And my note uh, here in in my notes, it says aliens, dot, dot, (laughs) dot. That is my note. Yep. I was not down with the alien part of this
0: movie. These aliens kind of look like, Like a slimy Groot. I am Groot. It's basically implied that like they kill all of the party guests. What isn't what isn't clear to me is that like are they able to just they're able to transform their appearance? Mm -hmm. Do they require like human material to like put on themselves? Or because the whole like we need to murder all these people and become them felt a little bit unnecessary. It felt
1: unnecessary and like. I think their whole existence in this movie is unnecessary. Yes,
0: you're right. <laughs> like you're right. They
1: they try to create this whole backstory about oh their planet was destroyed <laughs> by the the Phoenix Force and they want to we'll just destroy this planet and live here. Is that cool, Which guys? Makes no sense. Cool guys. And I don't. I I think that's all silly. We didn't need another character. You know the whole struggle. Yeah. Between Jean Grey killing Raven, Magneto getting mad about it, Professor X still trying to. Save her, like that's all we needed for a final conflict. Yep. you know that's all we needed in the Last Stand. Absolutely. And like we didn't, we didn't need an alien group. And I, I was, I was not down with the aliens.
0: I mean, I yeah, I know that they were trying to like bring in some some outside entities so that you would see this like tension within Gene to kind of go one side or the other. So to have that like they were trying to like create a a picture of like, her having to choose sides by actually bringing in bad aliens so that they could say all these things to her. You're the girl who everyone abandons. Maybe they had good reason. Because what's inside you? You're afraid of it because you think it makes you bad. Evil. All the words you've been taught to keep you in line.
1: Well, like how like, how did how do they even know that much about humans? Like, they didn't even know how to speak English until they got there and had to learn it from these people.
0: Oh, they figured it out. It wasn't, it wasn't that hard. I think,
1: you know, first class, X Men First Class, does a great job of forcing people to take sides and creating a conflict that way. Mm-hmm. In the same way, we see the struggle, like with Raven from First Class to Days of yeah, Future Past, yeah. her and Magneto. Yeah, like, sure. there are great conflicts and great stories already yep. there. Going to Magneto, I kind of liked his portion of this movie where he's like in this compound mm-hmm. trying to just be chill. Doing life. <laughs> Gene Grey comes and messes all up. And honestly, the most fun, quote unquote, fight scenes or struggles were kind of between Jean Grey and Magneto. Mm, yeah. And I feel like those would have sufficed. You know, I, I don't think he needed all the other stuff. But but I like the little compound, the helicopter yeah. moment yeah. when they're like fighting over the I'm Like That's it cool is. stuff. It is cool. That's all I wanted from... This kind of story, yeah. so and the showdown between her and Magneto in the mansion, where she like mm. starts crushing his head with the helmet, and then the helmet explodes. I like those are cool. Oh, yeah. those are cool moments. So,
0: so during during that scene when Magneto and his gang are fighting the X Men <laughs> as they're trying to get in into the house to get to Jean, it's all it's all confusing. But the part where Magneto lifts a subway train car out of the ground in order to like bust through the building in on a street filled with cars and buses Mm. and like all these other things that he could use. I was really, really confused because that that's like really built up into like, he's like super focused and like, I'm going to rip this thing out of the ground and then just runs it in, into the front of the building. And that's all that that becomes of it. Like it was just used to break down the front wall. Like, wh- why? Like, yeah. you were right next to a car. Like,
1: just... It seemed like a lot of struggle for a guy who, in the fir- in first class, like, lifts a submarine sure. out of the water, which is an epic, epic yeah. scene. In Days of Future Past, moves an entire football stadium, or whatever that is. Yeah. yeah. A subway car, a single subway car, seems pretty minimal.
0: Yeah, but there was a lot of dirt on top of it, and some... <laughs> pave man
1: it's silly How, what did you think about the mutant on magneto's team that basically used his dreadlocks as oh, whips
0: that was that was kind of creepy <laughs> a little bit yeah it was like a bit as like a sort of like a doosa like my hair are snakes kind of thing <laughs>
1: um. i didn't quite get if he was like extending <laughs> them as he whipped or if he was detaching them and then get i i couldn't tell it was kind of strange, yeah,
0: it was, so there's a a scene after Raven is killed, and we are so like leading up to this, we're kind of meant to feel that her and beast have this kind of special bond, and she even asks him at at one point like let's just run away and live life like we've like we've done all this work, all of fighting, let's just enjoy ourselves, so you're like meant to feel this connection, and then after she's killed then he gets really upset which i don't i didn't believe for a second that he was actually upset <laughs> and then he has that really <laughs> awkward exchange with professor x, x. in the kitchen yeah. like that whole scene yeah. like i like it it felt like one of them was going to randomly just burst out laughing it did it just felt so fake and yeah, yeah.
1: and even uh james mcavoy in that scene he seems kind of tone deaf like obviously beast is sad because Mystique has just died. Mm -hmm. And Professor was like, yeah, this is a kitchen where I met uh, Raven. She was just a girl and looking for food. I was like, what? Do you even know? Like, you're
0: a psychic. then you let her die.
1: (laughs) You should know not to say these things. It was really forced. How did you feel about the final battle on the train?
0: (laughs) So I... I really love that you read in that preview about it being a train to nowhere, because <laughs> as, as soon as you said that, I actually had to think like, oh yeah, where is that train going? <laughs> why why are they on that train? They mentioned at one point a
1: prisoner transfer. I guess they're going to a jail or something.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Oh, oh, also like little other thing that kind of irked, irked me is that all of a sudden you have these collars that you can put onto mutants to su- suppress their powers as if like oh yeah that's just a thing that we can do now like
1: eh, what again like time-wise this is chronologically before the cure mm-hmm. and all that stuff from the last dance yeah so it's unclear how they have this technology why it stops their powers all that true yeah i mean
0: there were there were definitely like components of that ending fight scene that i enjoyed that were like that were fun to watch there's a, there's, there's a lot of cool metal stuff flying around and you got
1: <laughs> you got storm i like storm in this movie throwing
0: lightning like no one's business at at everyone's face yeah. Like that's yeah
1: i did feel like the aliens strength and abilities <laughs> were not clear correct oh yeah like S- cuz some of them went
0: down yeah. super easy but then like once but when they were hit with like really big bullets then oh too much like we can't handle that
1: yeah like some of them a metal piece of metal through the heart they're gone others it takes you know a mm-hmm. bazooka times mm-hmm. 10 like i don't understand a little stra like i was thinking about that while i was trying to enjoy this fight scene while also thinking about having to pee but do? it was fun
0: that and they like <laughs> they have the ability to like twist people's insides <laughs> right which i what? was wondering it if they do that, why are they not doing exactly. that to everybody? Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't clear.
1: They seem to have tele yeah telekinetic powers everywhere but else, only on, on people's humans. bellies.
0: That that's it. <laughs> just the belly, <laughs> and not
1: on mutants. I guess. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, and then the final, final, final battle with Jean Grey and the the head alien. I mean, they're basically just staring at each other, and it's all special effects floating around them. But you know, this movie showed us the first time for G- Jean Grey can fly. Mm-hmm. Like she flies around a lot yep. in this movie. She makes a lot of exits just ascension mm-hmm. style. And uh, I feel like you could have had a really cool fight sequence with her flying around.
0: Yeah. Uh, there are there is a whole list of things that this this movie could do so much better.
1: So I was hoping for at least some kind of pleasant ending uh to this again catalog of X-Men movies. And uh you know, we have Magneto and Professor X playing chess again, which is, I guess, fine. But Jean Grey is is dead, supposedly. Yep. Until we see the the flaming bird in the sky. Wink, wink. And then the movie ends, which, again, it leaves a lot of questions. Like, obviously a lot of time has passed because they constructed an entire grave for her, and they renamed the school the Jean Grey School Mm -hmm. for the Gifted, (laughs) which, again, breaks chronology with the original trilogy. Yep. And then uh, was she just flying around the Earth? Yeah, like a like a fiery yeah. bird.
0: That and if if like if we are supposed to believe the ending of uh, Days of Future Past as like this is the future, we also know that like we see Jean during the ending scene when Wolverine goes back, and so right, like, I was like I felt pretty confident that no, she's not actually dead. We've already seen her in the future, so.
1: I feel like the movie used Mystique's death and Jean Grey's death to kind of prove that they were doing something risky, I guess. You know, they're trying to do things that we wouldn't expect, sure. knowing the rest of the canon, but it was more question-begging than yeah. impacting, I guess I'll say. So it didn't, it didn't do much yep. for
0: me. Steven, I wanted to like this movie so much. Like, I wanted to. <laughs> I, I don't think that I've ever been in the theater and I'm watching a movie, and I'm trying to will myself to enjoy this. Like, like this, like this, like this. And I just, <laughs> I couldn't. Yeah,
1: I'm with you. I was pretty sure that I wasn't going to like it as soon as aliens came into the picture. I, if it had, I knew yeah. once it introduced that, I was like, okay, yep. this is not going well. Are you ready to rate the movie? I think so. All right, well, I've been thinking about what to use as our rating system for this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we did chess piece from, uh, from one of the previous ones. Correct. And this might seem kind of morbid. Oh, boy. But I think because it's the end of an era of X-Men movies and <laughs> the it. end of Jean Grey's <laughs> uh, whatever, uh, the Jean Grey tombstone <laughs> that is laid mm, at the okay. end of the movie.
0: <laughs> that actually feels really, really funny. <laughs> <laughs> like Thank the you. train
1: going to nowhere
0: yep <laughs>
1: the gene gray tombstone yep well jacob as is our co-host of honor Ooh. i'll allow you to rate from zero to five tombstones
0: i'm going to give dark phoenix two gene gray tombstones now originally when i was when i was pondering this i was actually like leaning more towards even going the like 1.5 route Ooh. but I feel that this this movie is it is a flaming pile of garbage. Yeah, oh my. But I was every so often I was kind of I was I was warmed by it. Still, <laughs> I was like seeing like really cool powers, some mm. like visually neat scenes and fight scenes and things that like yeah like there was there were still moments that had a that had a bit of light, but at the end of the day, you you look and it is still just a flaming pile of garbage. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So that did actually, because of the warmth that my incredibly nerdy heart felt, just because I love X-Men, that it did actually bump it up to two. Yeah. How about you?
1: You know, it's, it's fitting. Before you said your number, I also, because I'm trying to stick to whole numbers, Tom, <laughs> Yeah, Tom. But I was also going to give it two tombstones. Okay. A solid two. There are still characters I like in this movie. I like the young Nightcrawler character. I like Nightcrawler overall. I still think Michael Fassbender is a great Magneto. Yeah. Like, he really does some acting. Scenes with special powers and such, it's still fun to see. But it is incredibly disappointing after many X-Men movies. Many good ones, like... I would yeah. say there were more good x men movies than not I agree in in all the past movies uh it is kind of sad that the last one, Apocalypse and this one are probably the worst two mm-hmm. of the, of the seven mm-hmm. that we have but but I'm hopeful for future x men's and x women's in the future and uh but yeah, this one it's a two i would okay. I would say nah, I don't know if you need to see it in theaters. you could just <laughs> listen to Jacobi talk about it and right yeah maybe watch it when it comes out on Netflix and that is enough that's fine well for our top 5 today we're going to do again cuz i think we have done it before <laughs> but we're going to do our top bringing it, we're back. bringing it back our top 5 mutants our top 5 x-men because uh jacob has not been able to do this yet he's a big fan absolutely so i'm going to reframe my top 5 <laughs> so my, my top 5 has literally Excellent. changed from the time Nate and I rated our top 5 X-Men because uh, I'm going to base this on how well I like them in these X-Men movies okay not in the greater universe of like games action figures cartoons I'll say just in these movies from oh, okay. the original X-Men like Hugh Jackman Patrick Stewart X-Men to today
0: yep okay
1: now you you do not have to use my criteria I well, Absolutely
0: not. <laughs> it's totally, it's totally, actually, not. yeah. I mean, like looking at what I have, it it does actually fit um, pretty nicely with what, yeah, with that prompt. So, okay, okay, very good. I'm good. Well, why don't you uh, you go first? Why don't you give me your number five? Excellent. Number five. Gonna start with Wolverine. Just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a classic. Has been around from the beginning. Has really cool backstory and all of that jazz it's just yeah feels very uh very canonical as some would say
1: yeah well i'm gonna do storm for number five Mm -hmm. i actually liked the storm character in this movie Uh, maybe it was because she had very few lines so those few lines stood out as some of the best (laughs) because Mm -hmm. the rest of them were poor (laughs) but i think even halle berry did a good storm. Yeah. And uh, sh- I would agree. She's kind of a constant throughout uh, the series of movies. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do a storm, number five. Oh, one other quibble with Dark Phoenix. Please. When they are in space, Storm makes some condensation turn to ice or something like that on the ship. Oh, yeah. Uh, to like seal it shut. Uh huh. Which I believe her powers are to control the weather. Uh, mm. And now it is unclear how that translates to space, but I did not buy that. I don't feel like storm could have done anything out there in space. Mm -hmm. There's no air. And so there's not really water. I don't know. I, I, that was a quibble. I had the whole space. Yeah, I guess.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think that the one possible way that you could get around that would be like, because we're assuming that the inside of the spacecraft, like, did that have any kind of like artificial atmosphere that she would, be able to use the moisture ah. in the air on the inside of the craft. I to, like, mean, that thing was like things. blown open. I mean, yeah, that's like, true. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it at all. But anyway, I tried. That's okay. Tried. That's all right. What is your number four? Four. I have Magneto. Mm, um, yes. I think that, that Sir Ian, I think does an excellent, excellent job. I think he, like, I think this is actually something that I think that you guys said on a previous episode is that he is, Magneto, right? But I would also agree with what you said about the other guy, Michael who Fassbender. Does a, yeah, who does great. I think I wasn't as big a fan of him in Dark Phoenix. I think in all of the in all of the other ones, I think you really get a sense of this like deep, deep uh, pain and agony that's really driving him. Yeah. And I kind of felt like that was a loss in this one, to where I didn't really get a sense of his motivations at at any time. Um, even like even when he was supposedly going after gene gray to get revenge for raven i i didn't feel that like that was a real motivator for him anyway yeah. i think that his his power in just how it's portrayed is one of the most interesting ones i think out of them all i think there's just really really cool things that he gets to do
1: yeah and i think when it comes to magnetism there's so many rules and physics that you can kind of use to justify close to anything mm-hmm. when it comes to Magneto which is why like when he floats down or seems to fly it's believable because magnetism and stuff <laughs> and like the earth and the atmosphere like <laughs> it makes sense but
0: see I always just assume that he has a lot of metal in his shoes and that's that's the reason why he's able you know to do what? the whole like <laughs> flying thing but maybe that could just be me
1: <laughs> maybe he only wears steel-toed boots right and then he makes himself yeah. fly yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: anyway okay Well, my number four is Nightcrawler. And I put Nightcrawler way up my list previously. And I still, I love Nightcrawler across all X-Men genres and universes. I think in these movies, he doesn't play as big a role, but I still enjoy the character and who he's played by in the older movies and this one, like, I like Nightcrawler. Uh, So yeah, he's my number four.
0: Which I I find really interesting because obviously both you and nate really really like him a lot and nate nate always always has he didn't actually make my top five and i i've just like yeah i think he's cool but i don't i don't know he just doesn't uh, resonate the same as he does with you guys so i'm not sure what's going on there
1: maybe it's nightcrawler's self-flagellation and <laughs> inner turmoil yeah. that uh, nate and i identify with i'm not sure sure <laughs> Something like that. I I won't speak for Nate. Just for myself, he's
0: just he's more of like an a character that like older older people like just old old men enjoy. Nightcrawler, cricket. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: Number three, I have Storm. Uh, yeah. Really, for all of the reasons that you said, I am with I am with Nate that she is quite possibly the most underutilized character i mean just in in terms of of powers they're just it feels like she should always be at the front of any of <laughs> any fight just taking right. people out right. and there have been way too many scenes where she just creates fog and that's all that <laughs> she does um yeah i did I, I did appreciate in i think in days of future past when they're fighting the sentinels right. like she really Let's it out, and I think is like is doing lightning and makes like a blizzard, and I think like tornadoes too. Like she really goes all out, which I like. Yeah, it's about time. (laughs) Yes, yeah, it is true. My number three.
1: Well, my number three is Wolverine. I put him in the middle. I like him in these movies. Obviously, Hugh Jackman. Again, as Ian McKellen is to Magneto, I think Hugh Jackman is to Wolverine. I think he does an awesome Wolverine. Amazing how in those early movies, he looks so much like Wolverine, too, mm-hmm. from the comics like uh, and cartoons. Yep. It's uh, pretty cool. So yeah, Wolverine, yep.
0: number three. Very good. My number two is Patrick Stewart. Now, <laughs> you... Wait a minute. You may think that I misspoke there. <laughs> right. But my favorite is actually Patrick Stewart. He is Professor X. And right. while I think that the new guy does... All right.
1: Nate, please give Jacob a hard time for not remembering this guy's name.
0: I think has some, like, has some, like, quality scenes, some whatever. But, like, Patrick Stewart has that, like, tender-hearted wisdom and, like, power and conviction and, like, just, you just feel, like, the grandpa that you've always, you've always wanted and he can, like, peer into your soul and, like, (laughs) speak words that you have you've been longing to hear all of all of your life and it (laughs) unlocks your soul like that's like that's just him and yeah i love him so much
1: that's really good you know i feel like if patrick stewart would have even delivered the same lines at the beginning of dark phoenix to girl jean gray they would have been infinitely more impactful yes Yes. and i think just his ambiance and his presence Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even delivering the same lines would have been so much better and like, again, James McAvoy did great in the other movies, but yeah, Patrick Stewart has that, that X factor Yeah, that, uh, yeah, it brings, yep. it brings, yeah, pretty cool stuff. So yeah, it was good, good pick. I I get it. Thank, it's thank good. Yeah, My number two is Magneto. Mm. Both Ian McKellen and Michael Fassbender. I, I like them both. I like Michael Fassbender, maybe the best in first class. I think he is... Yeah, The most emotional, the most believable. Does really good acting jobs there. But uh, yeah, I like the Magneto character. I think all the movies, even the bad ones, still did a good job with Magneto as an X-Men. So yeah, that's my number two. Excellent. What is your big number one?
0: My number one will come as no surprise is Jean Grey. So (laughs) this is, uh, yeah, this is where I kind of diverge a little bit from the prompt that that you gave is that like she is my favorite x men character i I wouldn't say just like based off of the movies I don't think that I think that if you look at this at these last two, like she definitely does is not the the shining star um sure but i like for okay, for one she she has the superpowers that I m- most want, so uh <laughs> right. Telekinesis and telepathy telepathy are the best, and so like having those in combination, mm, good (laughs) stuff. I also love i I don't know I don't know why I always have I love that tension of like I have so much power that I almost have this like fear of not being able to, to to control it because I might end up hurting those around me, like that kind of feeling of. Of that, um, yeah, of like kind of having to like hold, hold in, and hold back this all powerful force just, just gets gets to me. Mm. I love it. Yeah, that's
1: really good. Thank you. I am going to go with Professor X as my number one. Good pick. All the things we said about Patrick Stewart and early James McAvoy, like first class Days of Future Past era. Yeah, I thought he did good when he was on like that druggy kick <laughs> <laughs> like I believed him in those moments yeah. and yep. and that was a nice side of him but yep. yeah I, I just I like Professor X mm-hmm. as an X-Man you know it's I, I think a constant picture of you know this guy can't walk but in no moments do we really feel like that is a hindrance to him Yeah, and you know maybe that's a good message for everybody alright well that was good man That was a good episode.
0: Indeed. Thank you.